Tad Byrne, I think, has been incredible. Um, for me... Tyg uh, Byrne. Tyg Byrne. Come Sorry. on. Tyg Byrne. How often are you doing this with Shawnee and you haven't got your Irish <laughs> pronunciations right? House of Rugby Ireland, here on Joe. Game changed. Well, it's a great day here at House of Rugby. No Sean O'Brien, but instead we've got Jack Willis. How good, mate? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much, mate. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to see you. Good to see you. How's uh, everything today? The train journey a bit difficult, was it? Or? Yeah, a bit of a nightmare getting down here. I think all the trains are sort of flooding into London, um, prioritising the main routes. But out in a little village, I uh, yeah, missus had to cop me out to help me get down here today, which was was handy. But um, yeah, got there in the end. You I sound did. a little bit hoarse, mate. What's 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 going on with the voice? Yeah, I've uh, I've been on Stag Do um, in the uh, beautiful location of Clacton on Sea. Yeah, highbrow. High <laughs> Sorry to anyone from Clacton on Sea who saw me. Um, it wasn't the uh, wasn't at my finest, but yeah, a bit bit struggling today. Shane Horgan, Leinster and Ireland winger. How you getting on, mate? Nice to be here as the you know um, contractually mandated Irishman. Now that Tony's not around, <laughs> so good to be here. Well, it's a it's a much nicer surprise for us. Um, you know, Shawnee, uh, as much as he's a funny man, he uh, takes his toll on everyone. I think so. It's good to see you, anyways. Yeah, no, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, in the middle of a uh, a Lions versus Sharks series, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. And uh, did you watch the game yesterday? I did. I did. I, I watched it. Um, you know, the repeat version. I, you know. Uh, it's been it's been a weird series so far, and you know the fact that they're playing the same uh, opposition, you know, four days uh, turnaround. I actually thought the Sharks did unbelievably well for having. I think they had four guys um, that played. The rest were what you're in effect a sort of second Shark team, and they really put it to the Lions. I think there was you know after that first half, I'd say there was some stern enough words uh, at half time, and um, obviously the sending off wasn't great for anyone, but. Um, something I, I think the the Lions needed that game a little bit of a wake up call for them especially around physicality I didn't think yeah. they were physical enough I was I was a bit surprised um, at the at the scrum as well you know you know how dominant the Springbok scrum is going to be how they base everything around it they don't and uh, you know the, the Sharks held their own and it meant that some of their big carriers were getting right into into the, the Lions and, and making big yardage so I think it'll be a bit of a wake up call for yeah. them second time around uh, we'll go into it more detail later on I mean you've got your, your notepad here I'm glad someone's prepared for this yeah, by the exactly, way you know? yeah, we just, I haven't been hard drinking for two days in Clacton yeah <laughs> exactly and I'm, that says it all really but um, just in terms of the, the tour obviously it's been pretty tough so far Um but everyone wants to see the rugby. Um, what are your thoughts in terms of the tour at the moment? Yeah, it is difficult, you know, because there's this much bigger situation going around the world that everyone's been living through, and and you know it, it's it's you know even more intense in, in in South Africa. But I do think you know you know sport and rugby is is escapism for people, and as long as the you know it's not endangering anyone, I don't think it is. Uh, you know, I think they should. You know, I think they're right, really trying to aim to get this test series away. And I listen, agree. if that means you know some of these um, warm-up games are compromised a bit, I think you know that's all right. Listen, it's not ideal to have two sharks games off the back, but they did serve a purpose. You know, so we do know a little bit more about the Lions. I think Gatlin probably knows a little bit more about a number of players. And, um, you know, I, I'd certainly like to see this um, series go ahead. And, you know, selfishly as a supporter, yeah. And it's going to be different, right? So you're going to have guys that aren't as well prepared on both sides of the ledger. So it is going to be a very unique test series. Um, I but, I, I, you know, the, the one thing that I, I, you know, I put myself in the position of a player and you might never get this opportunity again to play for the Lions. So I kind of think almost um, they deserve an opportunity to play the series. I, th- I think that's the big thing for me is that these lads have worked hard for, for the lads that haven't been involved before for four years straight to get to this point. I think it would be a shame if it didn't go ahead. I think the worry for me is will, will we see all three tests played? I don't know. It depends what's going on in the South Africa camp. Um, sort of came out today who had the cases and things like that. And it's just a worry that that won't be sort of under control by the main get by the time the main tests come along. But I think, yeah, let's hope that we keep our fingers crossed it can go ahead. I think whether there's fans there or not, it's still it's still special to put on that jersey for those lads and um some of the lads being fortunate enough to be in camp with some someone like Tom Tom Curry who's been incredible for four years. And I think 
he deserves to be able to wear that shirt in a, in a test match and, and, and hopefully in the coming weeks he can he can get that chance. Yeah, I feel the same. I think, you know, those you may only get one opportunity to be a Lion and uh, and play a test series and, and for that reason I would like to see it go ahead. But, um, and it, it is going to be a unique series. And, uh, you know, everyone says, oh, listen, you know, Lions is this and that. Lions is whatever the Lions is on that year. You know, mm. so um, there is hurdles on both sides, so both for the, uh, the South Africans, and there is definitely a concern about whether the, the series can go ahead, um, given the, the number of outbreaks. But if there's a chance, I think they, sh- they should be aiming for it. Yeah, and just on that, you were in the Six Nations with England uh, when Eddie um, had to isolate. What was that like in terms of a coach? Because obviously, a South African head coach has, uh, has got COVID um, and will have to self isolate now. And what was it like in terms of the coaching? You know, so it was, it was the first couple of days of the Six Nation camp, really, where he he was sort of coming out of the end of his isolation. But the first couple of days, there was a couple of sort of remote Zoom call meetings with him talking to the group, and then also um, messages from from the other coaching staff, leadership, the leadership group um, of players as well. And I think it's it's the time for everyone else to step up and, and adapt. I think. It's weird. The, the weird thing for me, I remember as a as a youngster or in the academy or anything like that. For us, it used to throw us off so much if the game was fifty fifty, if because of weather or snow or something like that. Whereas now, it's just like every other week, every game that comes. I think players have learned to adapt and be ready for anything. And and I think the lines the lines have been been great. They've adapted. That say um, the sharks were were great to be able to play play them again. But I think. The, the, the guys that need to worry is South Africa. They've only just come out of their isolation period. They've all been locked in their rooms. It's going to be it's going to be tough to sort of reconvene and get back going um, after against the Lions squad that have been playing games was, at least. I was, was going to say, I mean, the coaching is here and there doesn't really matter too much. Players will get out there and prepare yeah. as well as they can, and you know they're they're very experienced. They've got so many leaders, South Africa. That that's fine, I guess. I think it's more preparation wise. Who who's struggling more here? You know. The Lions may not have as many games. South Africa have, you know, not played for two years until that Georgia game. And then another game they're going to miss out on preparation-wise. But, but also not just not playing, that's one thing. But I, I'm not sure what their, you know, training uh, schedule is or what they're allowed to do or what they will be allowed to do, especially with these new outbreaks. Is it, you know, a sort of total isolation in in um, in their rooms? You yeah, know, they've, like we they've, saw. Been in, they've been in their own hotel rooms for the last yeah. the last 10 days. And you think that's going to have an effect on the group. Obviously, the Lions will be under a pretty tight bubble, but there, there's going to be socialisation in and around training and things like that they're going to be able to build the sort of group camaraderie that you want for South Africa as you say it's been a long time since they won that World Cup yeah. they obviously ride on that for a little while but it takes a lot of work to go up against the Lions and, and win a Test Series so I think there's a few new players in there a few, quite a few Premiership lads have sort of earned their opportunity and gone across into the squad it'll be it's an interesting one how it's going to sort of play out in that first well, game even conditioning wise you know what can what can they do? they're going to be off the pace a little bit you know I don't know sure sure what they can do in the hotel rooms or they have access to gyms or whatever but you know you've got to think they've got to be undercooked well, I mean, the only way you get match fit is from playing games. We, yeah. we we all know that. You can go on the treadmill and run all day, but it's getting used to game intensity and that for you know, for both teams in a sense though, because the Lions have you know, they're doing everything possible and they're trying their best, but is there gonna be even more competition in training now because of that or you know, does yeah. it does it really mean it's a, a problem preparation for them that, as well? That, that match fit thing is really interesting because you'll remember this from you know when you're doing your pre-season training and you're absolutely killing yourselves and and you think you're the fittest you've ever been, but you go out and play the match, you start cramping up. Can't breathe. Minutes yeah, you can't <laughs> breathe. Like, what, it, it, what's going on here? <laughs> and so it, it it just it is a different you know type of, of training, but you know, um, yeah, with, with the Lions, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see you know what the key factors are in selection. Whether you know Gatland is saying you know it'll be very much on what the, these performances are um, and the performances up to the up to the first test, or is he going to you know rely on I suppose the the body of work that the players have? So I think Conor Murray is the kind of is the perfect example of that. Now I don't think Conor's had a brilliant eighteen months, but by any measure, he you know he had a very good game against England in the last game. All of a sudden, he's the you know Lions captain and starting without, I'd say, a, a huge amount of, of brilliant form. 
But I, I do think Gatland is going to revert back to who he trusts. And I, that's why I think you'll see a lot of um, sort of Welsh so players. In I think that's, it's interesting though, because obviously you're saying about sort of players he trusts, someone who's obviously just been called into the squad, Marcus Smith, Finn Russell, unfortunately out with a bit of an injury. Hopefully he'll, he'll still be fit at some point in the tour. But Marcus Smith sort of played a couple of games for England, been playing really well for Harlequins. I think for me, I think it's the exact th- right thing to do, bringing him into the squad. But it's interesting to sort of see, you say, sort of going back to the players he trusts. I think they, he still wants a bit of a spark there, bringing in Smith. I don't know what you think about I, I think it was him a really, coming in. I think it was a really smart move and, and he was right to do it. I think it was probably based on a number of factors. One, that he's playing brilliantly, you know, the, the semi final, the final, you know, a couple of games with England. He's the bright young thing. He's, you know, uh, he's going to have a brilliant career with England, I think. But it also is not going to disrupt the group. It's going to be very positive for the group. You bring in, you know, Sexton, and you would think that yes, and Sexton, you know, was unlucky not to make it. Um, um, but you bring him in, and all of a sudden, he's trying to boss training. You know that he's thinking, "I want that test, a first test shirt." You know, I've come in here. I'm going to, t- I'm going to sort of take over, and you know, and that's legitimate for for him to do it. But it's probably not what would be best for um, the uh, the group. You've got, you know. Mark's coming in. He'll come in. He'll be so delighted to be there. He kind of knows the role he'll have to play. He's, you know, Bigger's not going to feel that he's a threat to him, really. Uh, Farrell isn't going to feel he's a threat to him, I don't think, because, you know, he's not going to start in the, you know, he's not going to be a starting uh, line in the first test. So it just keeps the balance, you know, very nice. And it's brilliant for him. There's, br- there's nothing better for your development um, than to go on a Lions tour. And, and that's why, you know, from an Irish perspective, I was really disappointed when um, James Ryan didn't go on it because... He's going to be a future Ireland captain. But the experience that you gain from going on the Lions, I remember in 2001 when I was, I was playing for Ireland at the time, didn't make that Lions um, tour to Australia. But I remember you know, Ronan, who was you know, captain the same day as me, he went over and you know, with, with, with Brian and there was a few others. But he really came back a different player. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just looked on things totally different. You're just exposed to it. A you know a higher level of rugby, a higher level of rugby in, intellect, different types of training, and it does it really changes you. And and I even th- after two thousand and five, um, I thought just the way I started to think about rugby and training was was really different as well. Mainly because we were so small and everybody else seemed to be so <laughs> massive. I was like, what the hell are we doing in the gym that we're not doing what anybody else here is doing? That's for sure. Yeah, um, but if so, if bigger got injured though, do you think? Um, they, were still, they still would have called up Marcus, or do you think someone like Ford, you know, Sexton then, or Sheedy, you know, someone else would have been called up? Yeah, I, I think he may have had a look at um, Sexton then. I think he may have, you know, deliver, I think, a sort of similar game plan. I think it was one or other of those guys, and I, you know, to be honest with you, I think Bigger was probably the right selection. Um, you know, he's, he's played so well for so long. Um, Sexton's been up and down. His um, injury profile hasn't been great, and you know he hasn't played a lot of rugby since you know since you know the, in the last few months. So it would have been a diff- It would have been difficult to select him, but he might have gone with him if it was bigger. Maybe just I don't know if you were looking for a player to start the first test where you would go. You know whether Marcus would naturally be a, a natural fit. But I think I think Farrell's probably next up if if there was an injury to bigger. I think um, I think for me sometimes it's looking at the wider picture of, of of the whole group and someone like Marcus Smith coming in, the energy he's going to bring to the whole group and pushing pushing in training, even if he's just running the non-23 for a couple of weeks, having someone like him testing the defence is really going to push them on. I think you just saw, watching the game was quite funny, the England game, seeing him come off. Um, so it looked like he sort of dragged off, wasn't it? Sort of Shepherd's Crook group getting mm. sort of dragged off the field. He, didn't, he was straight into the tunnel. He said that he, he, was, he didn't know what was going on. He was terrified that he was in trouble. Um, but he literally just absolutely baffled and couldn't believe it. And I think seeing that someone that's, so full of energy, so full of life. That's going to go into that now. He's probably on the flight today or tomorrow, and it's just going to be full, full of energy I, and be I, great for the group. I love it. I love it. It's properly romantic. Do you know, yeah. there's, there's probably <laughs> something beautiful about it. And and if you look at the last couple of months that he's had, have been you know, it's it's schoolboy's own stuff. It's you know, it's dream come true. He's just been so amazing. Um, he's, making, he's making defenders look like school oh, kids. That's yeah, sure. he really <laughs> is. He's, he's so he's so brilliant, and. Uh, he's just gone to another level and you don't get this this whole other things of the the lion's bolter doesn't exist anymore really you know you're not going to have someone really hasn't you know who's not well known because you've got all the, you've got the you know the, the the domestic competitions and you've got Europe if you're not playing you know in those areas very well for a, a period 
no one's going to take the, they're not going to take the risk on you or you know you're going to be an established international so the the idea of the bolter doesn't really exist mm. anymore in the modern lions this is as close to a bolter as you're going to get you know he and his experience you know the delight on his face and you know what he must be experiencing now it's you know it's a proper beautiful rugby story yeah, I, I think it's, it's it's fantastic for him as we established. He'll bring so much energy, and he'll just go out there and train so hard, or soak it all up. And you know what? If there is injuries, maybe he will get in the team. Um, but he's he's match fit, he's ready, he's in the form of his life, and um, I think it's just so exciting for him to be involved. But I also think though, late additions now, people coming, it's such. A small amount of time now before that first test that it would be very hard for someone to come in now and expect them to get up to yeah. up to speed and, and start in that first test. What, what do you think of, of some, someone like Marcus Smith? What do you think he can he can bring to the group? How do you think he plays that can sort of be an advantage for the Lions, even if it is the midweek games, Goody? Yeah, I think Marcus is uh, is such a talent. We've seen the glimpses and the areas where he's so good with his footwork and his ability to beat defenders. But what I've been so impressed with him over the last six months or so, this this year particularly, is he's mixed his kicking game really well with his running game. And when there's a chance on, he will take it. He, he sees it, he wants to go wide, and he goes for it. He doesn't think about it or hesitate. He just goes with conviction. And what I think he brings to any team is... The ability of a fly half, a bit like Finn in the sense that he can beat you one-on-one, but he's so elusive. Like I think people can't grasp how good he is as a runner. Like His yeah. ability to you line him up and it might be the third forward out, he's got him, and suddenly he just steps back on the inside to throw the inside ball, and he's gone past that forward already, and they're clutching. And then once he's in behind, he's, he's electric. So I think he will be someone who will certainly test out all the other players defensively out there or help out in that regard but I think just as a threat he, he's someone who is so dangerous yeah his variation of his game is really excellent and that's you know that's really what you want from a from a good 10 it's you know kick pass run you know which of those decisions do you make he makes them very instinctively which is you know again exactly what you want from your 10 and interesting that comparison with, with Finn Russell who is again I think a very sort of instinctive player in many ways but sometimes I feel you know, as if he feels there's an obligation on him to 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 you know throw that big ball over the top or or or, or do pull a rabbit out of a hat, which then can get you in trouble. And that's why it gets him in trouble. And that's why he's probably not going to be a Lions starter because he you know he doesn't always play what's in front of him. He has a pre-programmed idea to go. I'm going to do something special now and does it. Whereas I think Marcus is still playing incredibly instinctively and picking the right options. Yeah. He's playing what he sees in front of him, not you know a few phases uh, back thinking, oh, when the next time I get the ball, I'm going to try this because that's really that gets you in dangerous positions. So the, the rugby over the last five six days, I think it is you know what what were your thoughts, Jack? In terms of who's who's standing out now, who's uh, like looking fantastic, who who looks like they're going to be a definite starter. I think I think for me the back three at the moment is incredibly competitive. It looks ridiculous. I think for me Anthony Watson. I, I didn't expect you to go to the back. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I, I, I thought you might go yeah. back row here. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. that is real confidence. Uh, yeah. I'll run through the props. In a couple <laughs> yeah. of that I really have my eye on. I just think for me a couple of players that stood out yesterday um, was Anthony Watson. For me, I thought was fantastic, but Van der Merwe was ridiculous. I think again and again he's performed incredibly well and. Is, it'll be hard not to pick him. Um, but going back to sort of more where you feel I belong in the back row. Um, <laughs> Didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tad Byrne, I think, has been incredible. Um, for me... Tyg uh, Byrne. Tyg Byrne. Come Sorry. on. Tyg, Tyg how, Byrne. How often are you doing this with Shawnee and you haven't got your Irish pronunciations right? <laughs> Tyg Byrne. Um, he, he's been brilliant, I think. Um, he's incredible at, over the ball at the breakdown. Um, he's rapid as well and offers quite a lot in attack. I think at line-out time, which is probably an area that is going to be key going into the tests I think probably not dominated in any of these games enough yet to sort of how, to the level they want to be dominating at um, but for me I think he's got to start six and it'll be interesting to see how the sort of back back row unfolds around that um, but yeah there's a couple of couple of lads that have really started to put their mark down it's been been good to see I, I agree with the, with um, Ty Byrne um, also he, you know I think he had a, a very solid game yesterday he was very industrious you know got a couple of tries um, you know he's very good at the back end of the tackle turning over you know the choke tackle that side of things over the ball brilliant Um 
I'd like him to see him carry a little bit more aggressively. He's not that big carrier, but he's a very good link player. He's smart. He, you know, he can drop that ball out behind. And we saw more of that, I think, in the opening couple of games of, this, uh, of the um, tour than we certainly did last, last time out. But it's interesting then what happens to the rest of that back row if he goes in at six? You know, are you looking like, you know, does, does Tom Curry, is he, you know, you're looking at him as a seven. You think that, you know, Gatlin's going to pick um, uh, Faletau, but I don't think he's, he's, you know, been brilliant in form, but I think he will, he will get picked there. But that's a really interesting area because, you know, if you don't have your back row tight against the Springboks, you'll probably lose the game, you know. I, th- I think where the game's going to be won and lost is, is the breakdown and the physicality around that against South Africa. So for me, Tom Curry's got to be at seven. He's not had his, his chance properly to lay down a marker in a lion shirt in these sort of games and um, the last couple of weeks but I'd imagine he'll be he'll get he'll get a run out before the before the tests um come around and I think for me he's he's earned that shirt over the last four years it's not just these next couple of weeks I think he you can trust that when you go out there against South Africa that he'll deliver and it will be interesting to see what they do at eight. I think Jack Conan's been, he's offered something a little bit different and actually don't like sort of showed how dominant a carrier he can be. But for me, Curry at seven's got to be locked in. Hamish Watson's been fantastic, but Curry for me, he's just got that extra level of physicality. Well, yeah, Watson was soft in a couple of contacts uh, against the Sharks at the, um, on Saturday. And, and in, what it meant was he took the soak tackle and then it meant the next wave yeah. was very you know was was really aggressive from uh, from the sharks and that was getting then into the 10 channel so bigger was having to make a tackle against a massive man sort of one on one with a little bit of space either side of him after a really fast rook and you just can't have that you yeah. can't get that situation so you need to like drop the, the the south africans at source and not allow those soak tackles so i think you know curry's the man for the job there i think Ty burn is is good in that area as well the other thing that i found sort of interesting I think um, um, Jamie George is having a good tour so far um, but uh, the line outs um, last time against the Sharks were all to the front and if you, I think it was, was it against um, Japan in that first game at home there was a lot going to the back and I thought well, actually this is you know, you know very progressive I think it's probably what they need to do I don't know if going to the front of the line out against the spring box is you know a, listen you'll get your win your ball but what can you do with it? Well, you know, as a back that attacking wise from a line out is actually no point. If you go to the front of the line out as a, as a fly half, a fullback, whatever, you can't attack. It's impossible. The, the tail gunner, the seven or the hooker will be off the back. He'll be in your, in your line straight away. Um, the whole back line get up quicker. So you need to win the ball back or middle. And sometimes you'll lose a few doing yeah. it, but it is worth doing it because otherwise you just have to maul it. And you can't take South Africa on winning at the front and go into you know their seven, hooker, 10, 12, all lining up ready to hit you. It just won't work. They'll, they'll eat you. They'll absolutely eat you. That's exactly what they want. Um, but I'm, I was wondering at the time, is it is it being held back? You know, is it something that they're going to spring on them? Because if you saw against Japan, there was those couple of balls. There was a lot of ball at, uh, at the tail. There was the one right over the top that went to Farrell. That was a beautiful drop-off move. And then it's, it's been gone, you know? So I'm just wondering if they've tried it, think, actually, we can do this, and then maybe hold back a little bit. I don't know. I hope so, because I tell you, they're not going to win this series by being conservative. No. They're I th- definitely I won't. Think, I think there's a balance there. I think... I completely agree from a, an attack point point of view. You need you need top quality ball all the, t- all the time, and, and that for me sort of ties in nicely that you think that Jamie George will probably get the the, the number two jersey for the first test because of his quality of throwing. But for me, I think I, I think Ken Owens will really get it. I think yeah. yeah I, I look play with Jamie. I think he's phenomenal. He's a great leader. He's he's such a good hooker. Uh, I just think Ken Owens is is probably the man at the moment who's going to start. Um, and if, if, you, come off if you think about for, from their perspective um, at line out time at set piece time um, it'll be interesting to see who they think is the better scrummager as well because that's obviously a key a key yeah. part of South Africa's game that mm. we need to sort of um, cut out really but line out time I think you were talking about sort of where they're throwing the ball a lot of the time so you've got to have that balance of wanting to retain possession start to maybe challenge them up front at more time and sort of show that that dominance early on I think for me 
we've not really seen that from from the lines in the game so far that they've really laid a marker from minute one of that they're the dominant pack. And I, I, going into the next game, I think it'd be nice to see scrum time, more time, line out time, them absolutely blitz blitz the pack off the park and it gives them a nice little confidence boost going into the first test. The, the decision for that hooker role might be based purely on scrummaging. Do you know that? Because, I, listen, I think Jamie is is much better around the field. Um, you know, he's more expo- explosive. You know, I think he's a, a bit of a nightmare to defend against. One of the Lions best ball carriers. Um, but, you know, there may be the edge for, for, for Ken in the, um, in the scrum and if you don't have that if you don't have at least parity in the scrum, you're in big trouble. And that was, you know, I mentioned earlier, one of the big concerns f- for me against the Sharks just wasn't a dominant scrum performance at all. And that may be, you know, the starting test front row. Um, and, and there was, they, they, had, they had no go forward in the scrum whatsoever. And in the defensive scrum, you could see the um, Sharks, number eight, was like picking the ball up. He got 10 metres to run into. Mm. Um, in, into bigger and again that's an absolute nightmare because it's not just that 10 metres made it's that that's a fast rook ball and then it's that second wave absolute monsters from South Africa getting into the next channel I mean I, I'm a bit of a nose I was watching the, the first test um, 12, from 12 years ago South Africa and the first try they scored. Those long winter evenings must just yeah. fly by. <laughs> That's what happens in your off season. Right? I've, got, I've got a new puppy. I've just sat there. Yeah. But, um, no, but I remember seeing it and they literally went scrum. They, they kicked into the corner. They got a scrum five yards out and they went uh, 12 straight up from nine into the thing. And then um, I think it was Spice. Spice. I can't speak. Yes. He ran the corner and then John Smith ran the corner and they scored. And it's, you know, even more so now with South Africa, if they haven't got the game preparation that they want, they're going to go back to base. That's, that's exa- exactly what I was thinking. They're going to kick a lot yeah. and they're just going to put the ball in front of them and go, right, we're going to hit you every time you come out. If, if you were that coaching group now, you're sat there going, right, everyone's su- suddenly, now we're com- finally coming out of isolation. How are we going to go out, go about, it may not be the prettiest rugby, but how are we going to go about taking the lines apart? It's going to be dominating at scrum time. They've got a chance to just go after it in training, go after it in more time and then just go back to basics like you say, big ball carries, nice and simple and then challenge them un- under the it high ball as well. also controls tempo because yeah. they won't want a quick game. No. You know, yeah. There's two games of altitude. They'll want to slow it down. They want it at their pace and that's what the Lions can't afford to happen. They can't allow South Africa to get into their own rhythm, tempo, walk to line outs, you know, maul and then walk again. It, it, it won't work. That tempo point is interesting because I, I thought against Japan you could see the Lions there was a marked increase in their tempo. It was a big thing. They were like running to the line outs. They were, as soon as their penalty was, it was there, it, you know, they were kicking to touch. Um, if there was a tap, it was a tap and go. So you could see them, you know, you could see the eye, the, the, in, the, in the mind's eye of the coaches going, South African are going to pick a monster pack. They're just going to pick yeah. mutants and as many as they can across <laughs> the back line as well. And they're, because they're not going to have the time um, uh, you know, to, to work on, on the more intricate plays. And it's not really you know, their best suit anyway. So we're going to try and up the tempo um, to, to, you know, to drag them around the park a bit and, and do their legs. And again, I don't think we've seen that sort of tempo again since that first game, you know? Um, and, 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 you know, that is you know, something they need to be thinking about because the South Africans will certainly be trying, the Springboks will be trying to slow everything down. Mm. And just talking of sort of with tempo, and you mentioned the back three, um, who, who has impressed you in terms of back three? They all, they all have, actually, you know, I think... So if you, so if you were picking your back three... Now, I, 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 like, I, it is so difficult, um, and I love watching them all play as well, and I think you've got a, you know, there's a balance to the back three that you have to figure out as well, and, and you know, I think that is, is, um, is quite difficult because they're all putting their hands up. I, you know, you would thought after the first, you know, two, three games of this tour, you go, right, Josh Adams is locked down. That's you know he's done yeah. that. You know it's, that's no, there's no question there. Then you see the sort of you know the performance that that Reece Samet had, and I, you know, the last time I I love the way he plays. I love having that electrifying pace on the wing, and there's also something about those two guys are just they're riding a wave at the moment, and you think you know in, in, there's something about the Lions, and we've seen it in tours gone by. You go when you've got a player like that or players like that, get them on the field. Yeah. It doesn't matter about their history. It doesn't matter what they've done for, the, for their country, actually. When you have them on that and they're on fire, ju- just keep them. And, and I know, there's pro- you know Josh Adams has scored so many tries and some of them are gimmies. But there's something about scoring a try if you're back three as well. You're just, 
it just elevates your confidence. And it's sort of the more you sc- try, the more you score, the, the, the more opportunities you'll get to because yeah. you're, you're just ravenous for it. So you've got those two guys. Then you've got, you know, pick, two, pick one out of um, Liam Williams and, and Hogg. Like, I, you know, I think he'll go with Williams, but you're, you'd lose something if you don't have Hogg on the team as well in a big way. And then, you know, um, I thought Watson was exceptional yesterday. Yeah. Like, really, really exceptional. And I, I'd almost disregarded him because the other two guys were playing so well. He's right back in there now. Yeah. And it's like, his footwork, his size, everything about him, I thought it was, it was phenomenal. And then... Um, Van der Merwe as well. Um, you know, he's you know you said at the top of the show uh, he's been exceptional. I think he's he's super physical and Gatlin will like that, so he's in for a shout with that. But I do think he he, he sort of strikes me as a sort of player that that works really really he really stands out against the just the teams that are below excellent, um, where he has some flaws in his game and passing is definitely one of them that would show up. At test level, you know, listen, he's he's a test player, but at Lions test level, I I think I agree with that in the sense that I think he is someone who defensively I would worry about him. I think there's a couple of clips um, in the Six Nations where he just got exposed, and it's not the one-on-one tackling. Of course, he's he's a big man; he's good at that. It's more the decision making of when to press, when to hold off. Um, And I thought he got caught um, again in in the game in midweek. he he struggled in that sense, um, but for me, you have to you have to play Lynn Williams. And I know I probably bang on about it all the time on the show; people are bored of hearing it. But Lynn Williams has to play um, because of his aerial skills, and I would have him at fifteen. Just you know, I think Hogg's a fantastic player, but the game is going to be one in the skies. And yeah. do you think do you think you could slip Hogg on the wing, or, or would that not work? I think, you? I, you'd have you'd have to put uh, Lynn Williams on the wing and then put no. Hogg at fullback. But I I just feel I I've just had I'd have this feeling. I think you have to have Lynn Williams there, and I would go Josh Adams and Anthony Watson, mm. and then all three of them are very good in the air. Um, yeah. and, and that's that's a big part of it as well as having the speed of Anthony Watson the finishing of Josh Adams Yeah I think he'll go with Liam Williams as well I could understand why he, he does it I, um, I think Hogg on the counter-attack is slightly better but then you know four years ago it was he changed <laughs> yeah. the tour yeah. you know he is he is ambitious and you know he's he's got guts and he'll try things which is phenomenal but you're right you definitely need that, that aerial um, dominance. You know, every time you've ever played South Africa, you, your coach will say, we have to dominate the air with this gang. And if you don't, mm. we're not going to win. So, um, you know, and I th- you know, he's tried and tested. He's a, he's a brilliant player. It's just, you're leaving out Hogg. And I'm like, oh, that's so disappointing. Feels, yeah, and right. normally, if it was under, you know, other circumstances, you'd go, listen, how do we get him into the team somewhere, somewhere else? You know, can we find him a place in the wing? But the competition is so strong. You've got out and out wingers that know that job you know, you know, perfectly, and they're just playing too well. Not, not to, not to pick the guys you mentioned. You know, whether it's Watson or whether it's um, Reese Ahmed on the other wing. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm fairly agnostic about it. But um, there's something about Reese Ahmed's just electric, proper electric sprinter's pace that there's a real comfort in. It. And, and you know, that's a part of my kind of experience as a, as a, you know, a player with Leinster in Ireland. I played on the on one wing for, for years with Dennis Hickey on the other and Dennis was like a proper sprinter yeah. speed. I remember my, my, my sisters always used to say, you know, they'd be watching the game and when Dennis got the ball, it was like, someone plus press fast forward. You know? <laughs> and they never said that when I, go, when I was on it, let me tell you. But um, having that comfort of, of having someone that, you know, gets the ball in any space and finishes... You know, there's a real confidence in that right the way through the team. Mm. And that's where I think Josh Adams, for me, he, I, I saw some stat the other day. I think every league he's been in, he's been the top try scorer tournament. And, you know, you need people who are going to score your tries, ultimately. It's a simple thing to say, but you can't just go and play South Africa and think you're just going to win through kicking and penalties. When the chance comes, you need him there. And, and that's why, for me, he, he has to start. So now, during the course of the series, subscribers to the official British and Irish Lions app powered by Vodafone can vote for the player of the series. Uh, so after three games, who for you guys is, is leading the charts? Who, who's been the man of the series so it's, far? It's a little early in the, in the series, but I suppose it's people putting themselves in a position to have big performances when it counts, um, which is... Um, you know, which is in the test matches because all of this is really window dressing when it comes to it. So it's about one put themselves in a position to get in the team and and also having a kind of a body of work that gives them confidence to be able to perform um, during the test series. So 
like and we've spoken about all these guys before. Like, I think um Tyke Byrne certainly is a player who's you know produced each time he's played for the Lions so far. I think Jamie George has done really well as well. But listen, stand out by a million miles is Joss Adams. You know, he, he scored about forty tries in the last four <laughs> games. Like he's on top of everything. He's created tries as well. His basics have been really good. He's just, you know, we said it earlier on, you know, he's on fire and you know, he's riding a wave and the Lions now have to you know, ride that wave along with him and make sure, you know, whatever their uh, you know, you know, sort of practice moves are, that they're ensuring that he's getting, you know, time on the ball. How many, you know, actions can he have over the course of a game? And I know that sounds silly, but, you know, you know my own experience, again, playing an Irish team that had Brian O'Driscoll for so long, a lot of our plays were how do we put Brian in space so we can make the best of his talent and or or how can we use him as subterfuge to you know take players out of position yeah. to make room for, for for others and listen Josh Adams is in having such an exceptional um series to this point they need to be thinking about how can we get him the ball mm. I, for me he's he's obviously a standout what about yourself mate i think you know, yeah i think i think um i think tagburn for me has has been the standout um i'd i'd like i think i know there's there's a name tom curry for me hasn't hasn't had his chances yet fully he's only had i think he's only played in had has he had one start so far the game yeah one start yeah um another another game for him uh, under his belt and when the games start to become a little bit tighter and closer more physical against south africa that's when you're going to see the best of tom curry it's not necessarily in these games where you sort of scoring seventy points. So for me here and now it's it's Tag Burn, but I think Tom Curry's the sort of one to watch for me. Fair. And the uh, fans have voted or, or already. And at the moment Josh Adams is uh, miles ahead uh, as expected. <laughs> uh, and then it's Hamish Watson, uh, Duhan van der Merwe, and Lewis Rees Zamet. So yeah, head over to the official British and Irish Lions app powered by Vodafone to pick your player of the series and also pick your starting Lions team. So I won't put you on the spot for that now. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry, it's too early. But need a bigger notepad. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've got about three things written down here. Yeah. It's a goldfish memory. Yeah, it's a bit of doodling, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think since we've reached Cape Town, I think um, all players are aware that the, the tests are only around the corner. So yeah, there's been a, um, a a few little chats amongst players that you know things are getting serious now. Um, you know, with selection and things. So. Yeah, there's going to be a noticeable kind of edge to training, you would imagine, um, in, in the lead up to, to Wednesday's game, to, to Saturday's game. Um, yeah, I think since we've moved here, I think the focus has definitely shifted a little bit towards, you know, the, the, the more serious side of the tour, which is, uh, which is exciting. Hey Connor, uh, you must be delighted to get to get the first part. Uh, start hope it all goes well at the weekends. Just just was looking at the, you know, as Owen was uh, with Owen and Finn being out there. Elliot Daly might be able to cover a bit of out half, but have you mentioned to Warren that you're more than and willing and able to step up if you're needed in that position? Uh, yeah, I think um, with the game just gone, um, you know, you need to be quite adaptable in terms of um, being able to play multiple positions. So yeah, um, in the lead up to the last game, my notebook on one side of it was full of um, what... what um, passages or, or positions to take up from 10 and who to hit off starter play. So yeah, I've... Um, yeah, I have that um, in the back of my mind as well. I think you know, with the with the Lions tour, you know, anything can happen, and um, you know, if you if you need to step in there, then it would be, you know, it'd be kind of uh, nice to do, and and you know, you got to make sure you're prepared for um, a few eventualities. So yeah, um, I reminded him that I that I played there a little bit in in autumn, um, um, and and went okay. But yeah, uh, if if it needs to happen, then um, you know, you, you need to be ready to step in. So. Um, yeah, they control line source control all sorts of um, curveballs, especially this one um, with the way the things are in the world. So um, yeah, ready, ready to go. Warren, uh, kind of uh, given what Warren said about the strength of the South African A team, how close to a test intensity will this be? I mean, given it's most likely to be your first real test on the tour. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be pretty much a test match. Uh, if you look at their lineup, it's. Um, it's going to be a really intense game. Um, it's going to be a, a trial run for the tests, um, or almost a four test. So, yeah, like I said, once since we've arrived in Cape Town, I think players have have switched into a little bit more serious mode um, in terms of our prep and and the edge that we have in training. Um, and now, having seen 
the the South African A lineup, um, it's only going to sharpen our focus even more. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a real battle. So yeah, it's it's almost like a four test for us. Um, you know, with, with the lineup that that they've selected. So, um, you know, a massive challenge and 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 you know, good prep for for what's to come. So now it's time for our Bock on the Ground, Scott Brits. How are you, mate? Guys, fantastic. Watching the Wimbledon and then I've got the Euros tonight. So what a fun-filled Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, you're all in white as well, looking fantastic, ready to play yourself. Yes, I'm ready. That's that's the outfit of the day. Go big. Enjoy Wimbledon. We've got cucumber sandwiches. I've got <laughs> cucumber a bloody sandwiches. Mary. You sound English. <laughs> and, and proper spons. With uh, with strawberry jam and cream. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, well, look, we, we won't keep you for too long there. It sounds like you want to <laughs> get back to that. Um, but apart from hearing what you're eating for lunch, uh, how how are things in South Africa? What's the latest there? Well, good. Since the last time we spoke, uh, COVID is now running wild in the box. Okay, uh, we have one <laughs> one false positive test at the at, with the lines and. It's just I don't know what I'm allowed and not allowed to say what's happening in the box camp, but it's it's been been a week. You can you can tell us what what, what are the boys telling you? No, it's 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 quite with all these protocols and guys getting tested positive, coaches testing positive. It's it's been um, a week of improvisation, improper what Im, improvisation? What what's the right word? Um, Saint Afrikaans. <laughs> improvisation. I can just quite, get it out. Quite, quite, quite a bit during the week. So it's not great for training or preparing for the Lions. But, I mean, yeah, it's COVID times and you have to improvise. So, so are you concerned for the preparation for the South Africans at the moment? Are you, is it a real worry? Yeah, I mean, not playing a game this weekend is, is, is quite a nightmare. Um, luckily, on a positive note, we can't get any injuries, I guess. Uh, <laughs> But I think it's both ways. I mean, we want to play rugby. If I look at the, the Lions game against the Sharks both weekends, it was quite disappointing. I mean, you can't really see how... I mean, it's it's they played against a substandard Sharks team. And it's it's actually sad to uh, see the, uh, the, the Lions not getting challenged enough. So they're not getting... I guess they're not getting out of that game what they wanted. South Africa A, who, what, what will be the makeup of that South Africa A side? You know, is it going to be a lot of the the, the starters? Is it just people who haven't had game time? Um, who? What are we expecting from South Africa there? I would I would think good if they if I was Rusty and I don't know or Jock, I would actually guys the guys that's been training the last couple of weeks and start the squad that aren't really uh, didn't have opportunities against Georgia to have another uh, to ever go. So if that was me, I would do that. I don't know if they're going to do that or give the guys that are starters sort of more time on the pitch. Uh, but I, w- I would guess uh, Jock would put the guys that was on the fringe to put up their hand and say, "Okay, give me a give me a go," kind of thing. And 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 you'd hold back then the the guys who are going to start in the test series. You'd just wrap them in cot- cotton wool or look after them in that regard. Well, there's unfortunately the preparation isn't isn't ideal, so I, I would say, okay, fine. Maybe we'll we'll from from his perspective. I know you want a strong start, but you would say, okay, fine. We'll get better as the series progresses. So I'll make I'll make sure that the other guys who's been training for the last six weeks or five weeks, give them a go, try for them to soften up the boys a little bit, and then from that perspective, give the guys that, that's had a go, played one test match. You know, you throw them in, and hopefully they'll they'll perform with limited um, preparation. Mate, one of the things that we were discussing earlier, and we were a little bit disappointed in in Saturday's performance with the Lions, was the lack of aggression and physicality. Um, it just seemed to be a little bit below what it should be, especially thinking what they're going to come against uh, against the Springboks in the first test. You know, do you have a view on that? What, what did you think? Did you think they were off? Do you think they're building? Shane. Um, d- I actually don't know. They they gave still put seventy points behind um, behind the sharks, and for me it was still they gave away some easy tries. But the physicality was up there. It wasn't the same as last weekend with the sharks. 
that I will um, agree with. But no, I don't think so. I think they will front up when 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 the big game games come. I mean, it is weird times. Um, but I'm, I must say, they still smashed the Sharks. I was, I from my perspective, I was actually disappointed with the physicality, except um, bar one or two plays from the Sharks' perspective. But I mean, the game line, the, the Sharks couldn't get past it. And 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 Scott, what one thing um, we were sort of discussing earlier is is obviously South Africa being in isolation at the moment, and they're sort of just coming out and and having that sort of shortened time frame to prepare for the the Test series. How do you think they're they're sort of going to play? Do you think they're going to tighten up and focus on sort of scrum and set piece dominance, or do you think we'll see the South Africa we did at the World Cup? Jack, I, I don't think they can change much. I mean, the prep has been disrupted. With COVID, a lot of the boys had to train with with weights in their room and do like a Zoom kind of fitness. So Andy Edwards was in charge of that to make sure the guys are actually fit and ready to what standard they can be. Training pitch on the time was disrupted to, through all the things that happened in camp. So no, I do not think they'll change anything from what they did at the World Cup. I think we're going to have a, a big focus on our set piece from a lineout, scrum, mauling, um, keeper type kind of perspective and we're going to ask sort of Andre and Vili to lead from that perspective but yeah I don't think they'll change much well Scala we'll let you get back to your cream teas and salmon um, thanks for joining us it was uh, great to see you and we'll see you soon lots of love boys cheers, and everyone mate. out there cheers cheers so, so yeah, it was uh, nice to catch up with Scott Brits, who's having a, a tough life out there, clearly. But uh, Shane, just about your your experiences. Uh, obviously, 2005, you're on the Lions tour. What, what do you sort of remember from from that tour? Um, I, I loved I loved the Lions um, because I sort of grew up in a household where uh, there was this you know romance about it as well. And my dad is from New Zealand, and uh, so I was you know, being told stories about um, Tony O'Reilly, you know, you know, touring out there as a, as a 17 year old and, um, you know, dad listening to it on the, in the radio uh, when he was a kid and, um, you know, rugby fanatic and a house where it was all about rugby. And then all the way through, you know, Ireland has this great connection with the Lions and, um, I'm not sure about you guys, and I'm a bit older, but the 97 tour and, you know, Keith Wood and living with the Lions, that sort of then kind of re-energised it for everyone. And and um, and then, like, you know, a few years later, I was playing for Ireland. So it was, you know, it was a live option all of a sudden. So it was honestly, you know, you know probably the biggest thing in my career to, uh, certainly at that point, was to, pl- to be picked for the Lions. So I was, you know, so delighted. And I remember uh, myself and Dennis Hickey found out at the same time and we went out that night and we sort of made a pact and we said, listen, you know, we don't know if we're going to be, you know, test starters. We, you know, we want to be. Um, but there's a lot of people on the tour who are saying, well, we're going to buy into everything about the Lions and yeah. contribute to it um, and not, you know, you know, to, to savour the experience, but also recognise that the Lions isn't about the individual at all. You know, we're all motivated to get in the test team, but it's not. It's about more than that. It's contributing to the, to the whole piece. So, um, you know, so we aimed to do that and did aim to. So, you know, I loved being on the Lions tour. Now, it was ultimately a really unsuccessful Lions tour. Um, and, you know, we, we got spanked in 3-0 in the series. So, <laughs> you know, that's how every Lions team gets judged. So, you know, that 2005 is a complete write-off for everyone. But it was a massive point in my life. And I was so happy to be involved in it, you know. So it's difficult, um, you know, to, to have that kind of complex experience with it. And I would have... I would have loved to play in another um, another Lions tour because I think we probably didn't have the balance quite right. I was going to say, because there's a lot made of that tour and having a complete divide between the teams and having different coaching coaches for different teams there. Um, what, what was it like, though, in that sense? Was it? Did you have time to bond with the players? Did you get that Lions experience of socialising together with, with everyone else? It, it was. I think everything that was done with the Lions tour was the best intentions, you know, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of it was, was um, driven by, uh, by Clive Woodward and he had had success in, uh, with the England team in the World Cup by being exacting with logistics and how, you know, not leaving anything to chance and, you know, almost taking a kind of, you know, a somewhere between an accountant's and a sort of a, a, a management consultant's view of things. And, um, and that worked for, for England, but the Lions is a different thing. 
so it didn't quite work for us um, in terms of you know the uh, I suppose you know, the, the bond of the team and, and and listen there was a bond of the team and and but not not quite and listen I was you know at fault as well that you know we just didn't have I I, I had a beer at the before we left in Cardiff and then I didn't have a beer again went out with guys but we didn't have a beer again until after the second test we'd lost and in retrospect that probably wasn't a smart thing because the emotional side of rugby and not just in the Lions but in any team you're in there's an emotional side of it you need to feel sort of good about yourself you're, and, and the team and New Zealand is quite a difficult place to feel good about yourself when you're touring in the middle of yeah. winter anyway you know and um, it was actually it was a very hostile environment um, to go into and I, I something that I was never really used to because you're I was coming from an Ireland perspective and I suppose it wasn't ideal because nobody saw Ireland really as a threat when you toured there. So it was a great welcome. Listen, the lads are here or we're going to beat them, but we'll have a laugh with them afterwards. Yeah. And we were still, Ireland was still in that phase. Whereas now it was the British and Irish Lions. And, you know, you'll know this from, you know, from the, your English experience. It's, it's more hostile when you go into different environments because, you know, England have, have been a threat and they were the world champions at that time. So, um, and we were playing against a brilliant New Zealand team. That's maybe one of the best teams ever. So all those things came together to to mean we didn't have a successful tour it's always it's always a toss-up isn't it for coaches and um teams for having a few beers together and having a few nights out over over the course of a tour or, or pre-season or whatever and the the sort of impact it will have on you physically and, and the sort of professionalism but also it's for me it's always so important as you say bringing bringing guys together new guys that need to get to know each other having those stories and bringing the sort of emotional feel into the group and I think that's where having a few beers together and having a couple of nights out can have such a positive impact and sometimes for me outweighs the sort of the significance of of the impact it can have on you physically yeah and I suppose you know my career sort of spanned professionalism almost you know so early days when I was playing you know we were out after every single game and we like you know had brilliant time but we paid a price for it as well, you know. Um, with Leinster, we won. Um, uh, it was a Celtic uh, league, the first, the inaugural one, and we just smashed it for then like two weeks, literally two weeks, and we like blew our chances in Europe because yeah. you know just because of the physical toll it took on us. And then I think we learned a little bit from you know that England side that just seemed to us from the outside so incredibly professional and just you know every i dotted every t crossed and you know you would have heard of the you know stories coming out of the way they were training and the way they were looking after themselves and they ultimately won the world cup based on that so i think there was almost a flip you know um all the way to the other side where we're thinking this you know the yeah. the whole social side of things there was there was no benefit into it and i think now the balance there's a balance there's yeah. a balance you can see it like it's i keep on talking about this sort of emotional element to rugby and you know the, all the training that everyone does, the tactics, you know, the personal development. But the, if you can see if the team isn't emotionally connected and and doesn't provide that emotional performance in the biggest games, they generally don't win. You know, the, if there's not that emotional side of things. And I, and I know we, we we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago about the the Premiership final, but you could see that in in Harlequins when they played Exeter. Exeter looked a little bit deflated. They won it before. They didn't want it. But you see, talk about that emotional energy. That was there. In, yeah, in, in excess, really, yeah. for, for Harlequins. They just didn't know. You, you could tell from, from the first minute that they believed and wanted to win that trophy, and, and, and it does make a massive difference, as and, you say. And you can't rely on it. It can't be what gets you through. Like, you're not going to win a league by you know, relying on emotional performances yeah. you know, each week. But um, So you have to have all the other stuff as well. But there has to be a reserve there of emotion for those biggest occasions if you want to get if you want to maximise your performance and and it's difficult. That's why it's difficult, you know, to win a domestic trophy and win Europe, you know, uh, one week after another because you have this a massive emotional outpouring to to win a trophy and there's definitely a lull then, you know. So to try and get back up to uh, you know a, a physical and sorry an emotional state that that um, drives your performance a week later. It's very difficult. Yeah, I think everyone needs a reason why. You know, it, it won't work just through being paid uh, more than other people or anything like that. It's purely your reason why. You know, why is it that um, Quinns were so, you know, uh, energetic or, you know, could get over the line because they had a, something dragging them through. You know, yeah. Exeter, we don't know what, what was missing from them, but 
they didn't have it. But it's the same with any football, rugby, cricket, anything. If a team has a, a real purpose, a reason, it can drag you through. And you can't rely on, on just emotion, of course, but it can really help you. In it, it's really moments. interesting. It's one of these intangibles that, that it's very hard to put your finger on. But you know, I'm, I'm sure you've had a sort of similar experience. When we won the um, Hunting Cup for the first time, like Leinster, I remember six months before that were absolutely being written off. You know, we knew we were good players, but we hadn't, you know, performed the way we should. And it looked as if we were going to have a complete non-issue of a season and we turned it around. And it just something felt like this was meant to be. And like, I don't believe in destiny or anything like that, but it just felt like, hang on, we were on this journey together. And I remember, you know, Sexton saying it in a, um, you know, before, um, um, before the final saying, you know, this is we, we were meant to win this. You know, and, and for him, especially coming in the semi final, this is the way he you know, performed in that match. The fact that it was against Munster, and then you know we, we go into a game against Leicester. It was just, it did feel like there was something there. Now, you know that one, and that was enough to to get that extra you know, level of performance out of what we were doing. So, it you know it's it was very important then, and and it's a thing that we have. You know, we didn't have quite right in the two thousand and five lines for you know for the reasons I I, I mentioned. But it is one thing that Gatlin seems to be able to you know, develop. Um, uh, you know, whether that is inherent in him or the way the team, um, the backroom team that he brings together, you know, there was a big departure at the next Lions series in, in, in South Africa. You could see that it was, it, was, you know, it was a very different feeling around the camp than there had been in 2005, I think. And, and some of that comes with success, but I think there was more to it than just that. Well, I mean, for me, the Lions is so special. That 1997 documentary from the world was obviously the best video ever yeah. made. You know, <laughs> yeah. And we can all probably watched it a hundred times. Yeah. Um, and, and it made it so special. Uh, and I think, I've not been on Lions tour, but ultimately bringing together teams, players together so quickly, you have to have an enjoyment level. You have to have a socialising. And it's it's going to be very hard for the, the boys at the moment out there to, to do that. But they're in a... A bubble, which means they have to spend a lot of time together, but they won't be having that fun. You know, yeah, that entertainment is is a hard bit, and it sounds stupid. You're there to do a job to win the Lions, but the more fun you have as a group, going out doing things, the better you'll get on. The better you'll you'll be on the field. Do you know the other big factor? I think, in in retrospect, around the um, 2005 Lions was there wasn't enough players that were used to success against the All Blacks. Um, now you know the the team was you know, largely made up of England players that won the World Cup, but I think their peak was at that World Cup, and you know they they weren't as good any of them really as they had been you know two years before even two years before that, um, and that's not you know, sort of being harsh. It's just you know that's where they were in their cycle, and that's why they won the World Cup. Um, and then you had Irish players. We'd never beaten New Zealand. Like we'd never beaten New Zealand. Um, I don't know Scotland at that time. You know, they. I think how many, how many times has Scotland beaten New Zealand ever? Not many. And Wales as well. It wasn't as if they were turning them over. So there wasn't um, a, a huge amount of experience of beating New Zealand. Less so in New Zealand. And you know that was a big thing. I think for the England team in um, in two thousand and three. Um, in preparation that World Cup, they went down, you remember, the, the summer before and beat New Zealand. That was like, all right, it's on now. Mm. They they know how to do that. They've been down there. They've beaten New Zealand in their own backyard. They can win the World Cup. And I think that had that instilled a belief, um, which we didn't have. Um, uh, and certainly I think I didn't have as an individual, you know, that was on that tour, even though I, you know, we were saying all the right things and I was, you know, thought I was feeling it. But in retrospect, if you haven't done it before, it's, you know, it's very groundbreaking to do it. So um, that's no longer an issue, and it's certainly no longer an issue on this tour. And it would be remiss of me not to ask you if you've got any dirt on Shawnee while he's not here. You must have something on him. You know, Listen, what he what tells, was he like when he first came in? Was he as he, bullish and loud as he is he now? He tells all the stories himself, you know. He's, he, <laughs> he rats himself out. But, uh, uh, listen, Shawnee was an absolute breath of fresh air when he came into Leinster. He was always a bit of a dog, you know. But I, I do remember I got... Um, Tapped up by the coach then was um, Checker who was who was super tough on him you know super tough on him because he knew how good he was and Alan Gaffney I think was a back coach and and Shawnee was sort of we had we at the time we had a sort of real weird training area where we would have some of the academy lads would be sort of in in about and Shawnee was bouncing around I didn't really know who he was 
and um, got pulled aside by Alan Gaffney, and he said, "Like you know, you got this guy is the real deal. He is, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be in the squad soon, and keep an eye on him." And uh, I said, "Like, is there any plans to bring him in?" But he, he had his hand in a cast, and he said, "Like, we can't get him in because he keeps on <laughs> breaking his hand off people's heads <laughs> he, at underage level. I think he like he 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 uh, broke his hand off someone's head in another twenty one game." healed up, came back, broke his head, a hand off of someone else's head like a couple of weeks later. And then, listen, when he came into the into training, he did not hold it back. He was one of those guys that you knew, like he didn't, he he wasn't going to take an ounce of a step backward from anyone, even as like, you know, a 20, 21 year old, you know, against, you know, older, you know, well-established internationals. He was straight into the mix, you know, throwing, throwing haymakers and he, and he never stopped. Yeah. <laughs> he's still doing it now. He's just doing it in a different way. Yeah. Someone, uh, one of my mates at Irish was saying that he's, uh, he's still the number one for getting his scraps at training. He, he's, he's like always. A hothead, is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. Yeah. Listen, he's, but you know, he, he, you have to have that. You know, you need need a little bit of dog, and and you need it in training as well. And um, our best training sessions were where we were. You know, there was a few punches thrown, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm waiting to hear the story of a young upstart basically chins him in training. And, and oh you know, yeah, wouldn't that be so cause, good? Because that would, <laughs> so uh, honestly, it'd be a complete yeah, mic drop. Yeah, 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 yes. Uh, <laughs> and Jack, how's your rehab getting on, mate? Yeah, no, good, thank you. Um, just chipping away at it, really. It's always slow and steady at this sort of middle phase that I'm at at the moment, building the strength back up in the knee and just trying to get sort of to that point where I can I can run again, which would be nice to lace up some boots and, and get back outside rather than in that gym and sort of turning more and more see-through and pale by the day. But um might have to line up a couple of sunbeds before I'm back outside. It might <laughs> burn instantly otherwise. Uh, <laughs> vitamin D, eh? so it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's wonderful for you, isn't it? Yeah. So, there we are. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Thank you for watching and listening to the House of Rugby. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Emil. Thank you very much. House of Rugby Ireland, here on Joe. Game changed.